Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. We did it! It's <laughs> happening. I slowly raised my arms in victory before realizing this was <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> I oh. did not! I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> Instead of an episode, let's just record an hour of us mimicking the room. That's how it was so, yes. <laughs> I watched The Disaster Artist last week. Yeah. For the first and time or, or? Yeah, for the first time. Did you love the... every minute? I enjoyed it, um, but it really just makes me want to watch The Room again. <laughs> so. <laughs> Did I ever uh, tell you that story about how I forgot I watched The Room? No. So, obviously, we watched it in college, um, and then yes. Scott was trying to tell me about this movie one time where he's, he's like, it's The Room. You haven't heard of it? And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. And he, like, was trying to explain it, but, like, I just did not put the pieces together. And then, like, a week later, we were doing something in the kitchen, and I just started going, I did not hit her. I did not. And Scott <laughs> was like, oh, my God, that's from The Room. <laughs> And that's uh, how I forgot. I watched the best movie ever made. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> for me, it's really confusing because there's a different movie called The Room, which is not about what our The Room is about, like, at all. What is and it about? I don't know. It's icky. There's, like, Ooh. a lady, and she has a kid, and I don't know. It's, it's not It's not good. Um, okay. It's not good. Like, our the room is good. <laughs> yeah, our the room is the 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 good the room that I personally enjoy watching. Not to say that the other room is bad because I've never seen it, but I do not care to see it based on the type of content that it contains. Well, I don't want to watch it simply because our the room is so much better. N- yes. Not knowing what it's about at all. The other one, ours yes. is just going to be better no matter what. I am amicable to this decision. <laughs> I'm glad we could sort this out before we got into the heavy lifting <laughs> of this book. <laughs> anyway, uh, how is your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I will stop. I have a very important announcement to make. I'm ready. So I went to the mall today, and the only thing I bought at the mall was a delicious, sticky, warm cinnamon buns. And it was amazing. Cinnamon buns! (laughs) It was... It was really good. Except I got to the middle, and I was like, I'm not sure this dough is cooked. That's the best part. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, on Great British Bake Off, whenever Paul and Mary 
have some bread and it's not done and the dough is raw, they just don't eat it. And I'm like, why don't you eat it? Is it like salmonella? Is it like going to poison you if you eat it? I think it's because they're famous bakers and they're like, we will not deign to eat the uncooked bread of the masses. Uh, at I least, mean, so... <laughs> uh, at least when they spit it out, they're like polite about it. They're not like Gordon Ramsay who like digs into his whole mouth and just like puts it back on the plate. <laughs> they like uh, do it nicely into a napkin. <laughs> That's horrifying. That's a horrifying image. Gordon Ramsay is kind of scary, though. And also, like, Paul Hollywood never, like, goes, you're gonna fucking kill somebody every time yeah. he eats raw dough. It's just... raw! <laughs> what are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing to call people of all time. <laughs> I really want to do that to someone. Do it to me. Just... I would okay. be delighted. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Good anyway. time. Cinnamon bun. It was good. Axe is right on the money on that. It's been a long I time since agree. I've had a Cinnabon, so. I, yeah, it's been, well, I guess not quite a year since I had a cinnamon bun, and then I Snapchatted you me eating a cinnamon bun. Yes, <laughs> Like I a creep. <laughs> Uh, oh well. I also I also saw Spencer's gifts. I, there were two of them actually. <gasps> did you go in? I did not. Oh. I did not. I did, I did not. <laughs> I was just wondering if they were selling any like you know slicers and dicer robots. <gasps> there was a robot in the window store. It was, was the it size a of cheese? a. I, I it wasn't. It was the size of a small child. Okay. Like an eight-year-old child, not like a thirteen-year-old child, like okay. like our wonderful children. But like, uh, how much uh, do you think it, was... it would weigh? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, hundred pounds. It was it was creepy. I didn't like it. I don't know. I'm like I know the robot thing is coming, and I'm prepared to be really nice to the robots when they do arrive on this planet. But mm-hmm. but I don't know. It still wigs me out a little bit. I don't want to be ignorant of other like races and species and artificial beings, but I don't know. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Are you pre-apologizing to our robot overlords on this podcast before they take <laughs> yes. over? Yes! <laughs> okay, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I guess... They are the exemplary non-binary species. Yeah. Because they're They're the bionic species. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a terrible joke. Ignore uh, me. Mine was worse. All of our jokes just fell flat. (laughs) This was a cacophony of failures that we just had. It's like when Jake tries to tell a joke. Yeah, that was like Jake trying to tell a joke to Jake is what just happened. (laughs) 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 Can I just like imitate Tommy Wiseau throughout this entire episode of the podcast? Yes, I would really appreciate if you did. (laughs) Oh my 
god. Okay, tell me oh. what you thought of this book because we are with your your boy, your good good boy. My lovely boy. Your best boy. I love him. And my guess for the is this ghost written or not game is that this was not ghost written. <gasps> you are wrong. It was ghost written. It was? It was. Wow. I know, right? Oh my gosh. I I wow. Yeah, they really did a great job. They did. Wow, I'm so impressed. Yeah, I will go as far as to tell you that this author, though, does not ghostwrite any other books. Oh. This was her one one ghostwrite experience with Animorphs. Well, where it was, I did a great job. I was like, oh, man, everything was just so spot on. I loved it. Um, Their name is Amy Garvey. Amy Garvey. Amy Garvey. Good job, uh, Amy. Yeah, Amy did a great job. You did my boy good. Yeah, very good. (laughs) I laughed so many times at this book. I think I creeped out my cousin. Good. Take that, Alex's cousin. Yeah, take that, my cousin, whose name is (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) Oh, 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 shit. Uh, yeah, I creeped her out. She was walking past, and I like just started laughing to myself while reading the book. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the worst day. Oh no. Uh, man. But yeah, it's it's a very good book. Um, it is very good ghostwriter. Yes, this is probably my favorite axe book so far. Yeah, over all the other ones. Well, that's true. You didn't really like the number eighteen. The the um. The Z space, the space Lyran. Odyssey one. Yeah, the Lyrans. The Z space Odyssey. The Z space Odyssey. <laughs> um, I almost said Fahrenheit two sixty five. The space Odyssey. None of those what? things are right. What? <laughs> that is a sci fi casserole. There, goodness. <laughs> a burnt sci fi casserole, or maybe it's raw in the middle. Who can tell? Anyways, um. Uh, um. Yeah, like, this, I feel like this wasn't the most impactful book as far mm-hmm. as, like, overarching plot things, but it was so funny. It was, it was so funny. very funny. And there was, yeah. like, um, there was some Im- Im- very important points brought up, actually, um, for Cassie, mostly. Mm-hmm. So, there, there was some important plot points, but, like, not, you're right, not, like, to the series, more, like... To yeah, flesh out is, the canon. Yeah, this is a very, like, I don't know, one-off PSA adventure. heavy book. <laughs> yeah. But it, you're right, like, for as funny as it was, there were some very, like, like significant questions about, like, how we treat animals. Yeah, and there was almost a moment where Rachel had two people beheaded for drunk driving. Yes. It was fleeting, but she did legitimately say it was better off that Axe beheaded those guys than they drove drunk. <laughs> Secret PSA. Secret PSA. For all PSA. the kids out there. Don't drive drunk. <laughs> do not. Do You're not. better off beheaded. <laughs> do not. Do not do this. <laughs> oh, God. That's horrible. I only hope that one day somebody who listens to this podcast is sitting in a bar thinking about like, am I too fucked up to drive home? And then they just hear in their heads, do not, do not do this. (laughs) Do not do this thing. 
And I was just about to to suggest that to the audience that a fun game would be to take a drink every time we do a Tommy Wiseau reference, <laughs> which is completely the opposite sort of thing. <laughs> well, as long as they're not driving, it's fine. Yes. You may do so. this thing, just don't drive. Drink responsibly yeah. and with great and care. Uber at home or Lyft at home or... Yes. What's another one? Well, get a trusted friend or companion. I don't know. Allow our robot overlords to drive you home. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's coming. Self-driving. Self-driving Lyft auto. Anyway. My boy. I want to talk <laughs> about him. Okay. Let's let's talk about your boy. Let's talk about my your boy. good, good boy. He, he's great. He, he's great. He opens his book by politely introducing himself as an Andalite. And uh, he says, there's only one of him on Earth. And then he corrects himself and says, well, actually, there's one other, but he is the host buddy for a year. <laughs> well, actually. Well, act- he will actually himself. Amazing. <laughs> um, he then mentions his brother and how absolutely fantastic his brother was and how he wants to be like him. And then, like, takes a dip into depressing and is like, I am but a shadow of my brother. Um, and then uh, dips back out of the depressing. <laughs> Um, he starts talking about how Tobias is his true Shorm, and Shorm is the Andalite word for basically a best friend. It's somebody that you would trust so much that you would let them hold their tailblade to your throat. This trust was built on a few things. Uh, one is that they are related. Um, he does mention that in Earth terms, like in a weird way, he's Tobias's uncle, but mostly it's because they are both outcasts that live in the woods. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Um, Hermits. And then we find out the absolute best part of this entire book, which is that Axe has built himself a scoop, which is if you're, I think they mentioned it in the Andalite Chronicles, it's like the Andalite home that's a little like depression in the ground with like a covering and his most prized <laughs> possessions are within his new scoop that he has made. His almanac, a picture of a cinnamon bun, and a TV. <laughs> 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 Some teenage boys have pictures of sexy ladies on their walls. Not Axe. He has a cinnamon no. bun. He has a cinnamon bun, which is something I think we should all have. We should all <laughs> aspire to have cinnamon buns on our walls. I agree. Oh, <laughs> so great. It's so good. And it just gets better from here. Uh, so the book officially opens with Tobias and Axe sitting in Axe's scoop, watching the young and the restless. <laughs> Axe <God>. is <laughs> Axe is confounded by the characters kissing. He originally was like, I thought it was to transfer food, but it was not. <laughs> and he just keeps like coming up with like reasons as to why they might kiss, which is entertaining. Um, their conversation is interrupted by Marco showing up, and Axe and Tobias then have a pissing contest about who saw him first. And it's like, Axe is like, I saw him two minutes ago and heard him three minutes ago. And Tobias is like, I saw him three minutes ago and heard him four minutes ago. And uh, so on and so forth. Until Marco joins their camp. <laughs> I love their little playful banter. It's so good. <laughs> And I also love uh, when Marco shows up, too. He has some very good interactions with these boys. Um, he comes in and asks what they're watching and like kind of starts criticizing their, their TV choices, saying that he's going to introduce them to some better shows. Um, but he's soon distracted by the actress that is walking around in nothing but a towel. 
and he starts asking about their soaps, and Axe helpfully explains, this is not a soap, this is a show about young and restless people. <laughs> and Marco... <laughs> Marco suggests they go to the mall to pick up a TV guide. Axe is completely affronted that he thinks that Mar- or Mar- that Marco thinks Axe needs a TV guide to work the TV. And then Marco starts <laughs> to explain to him, like, no, it just tells you when shows are on. And uh, Axe is like, <laughs> Axe agrees to go only if they can stop to get a cinnamon bun. And Marco's like, eh, yeah, sure. Maybe we'll meet up with Jake and he can pay. So Axe morphs to human and then he goes, I'm ready to go. And Marco's like, you need to put a shirt on. And Axe goes, I am young and sometimes restless. And young and restless men do not wear shirts. And Marco's oh like, put on a shirt. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I have some thoughts. Yes. Um, oh, God. Wait, I had thoughts. What? Where did they go? Oh, no. My brain. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I had like, I have like a, three pages of notes in between this, but this is all bad. Oh no. Was it about the young and the restless? Did you just have a lot of notes? It's mostly about how did he get a TV to work in the middle of the woods, but they kind of answer that later because he's an Andalite yeah. and he has awesome MacGyvering skills. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Oh, I found it. My other thought is terrible because okay these books are obviously set in the 90s and they don't like age well um Mm -hmm. and they're great for us kids who grew up in the 90s but like what if they tried to remake animorphs into a tv show but in order to attract like a younger audience that was born after the 90s what if they set it in modern day times there's been like a lot of conjecture about that but mostly from the standpoint of like everybody having a cell phone with video capabilities would be super problematic for them yeah that would like dramatically change like plot things yeah yeah i think it would really make the tv references funnier though yeah and i mean i guess stranger things is You know, that's set in the 80s, and that's received well. But I don't know if that's received well with, like, younger kids or with people who grow up in the 80s. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Because I don't know, like, what the the demographics are around Stranger Things. Like, what their audience is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to, to see. And, like, the cell phones would definitely change a lot of the plot. But, like, what would be the advantage? Like, I think we could still call on, like, younger kids to imagine a time before cell phones. Yeah. I don't know. Why did Axe and Marco walk all the way to the mall as humans? To get to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I guess just so that they could be... Summoned by a FedEx truck? Uh, you are I don't you're bird capable, you silly boys. I don't know. But, like, if they went to bird, then we wouldn't have gotten that excellent. Th- well, then again, Axe doesn't have a shirt. He would have had to go as a young and a restless boy. That's true. Okay. I will accept that that was just a setup for that amazing joke. Okay. That's, we can it's on. a setup for the joke. They could have solved the shirt thing if they wanted, but then we would not have gotten that excellent <laughs> joke. 
And <laughs> I, for one, am willing to sacrifice so much plot yeah. for that joke. I agree. Okay. We so. can move on. Okay. Um, but yeah, they are called by a FedEx truck. Like, an actual FedEx truck calls to them. Like, <laughs> As Herbie the, the FedEx bug. truck does. Yes, Herbie As the FedEx love bug. <laughs> Oh, this is God. like the third time this week I've referenced Herbie the Love Bug. Wow, that's a lot for one week. I know, and I've never talked about it in 20 years. I haven't talked about Herbie the Love Bug, and yet this week, for some reason, here we are. Um, anyways, Marco goes, are we on candid camera? And Axe helpfully explains that this is probably a hologram, and it sounds like Eric the Chi. <laughs> because Guess who's back? Marco. Back again. <laughs> Eric's back. Uh, another time. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to go tell a friend. No, I thought about it. I ruined everything. And then went, went a different direction. I did. I should have just stuck with the original. No, I'm glad I had the foresight not to sing with you and say something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm like geez. Tommy was so I keep messing up my lines. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like Hermione Granger. I keep trying to mouth your lines along with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep Harry Potter cut for everybody there. Nice. Anyways. Um, okay. This is like one of my favorite, favorite parts here is they step into this hologram and Marco immediately starts his normal banter with Eric where they're like, you know, insulting each other. And Marco's going like, I really don't like running into you and blah, blah, blah. And then Axe tries to emulate this soap opera character named Jack by reaching out and touching Marco's arm and saying, let him speak. And both Eric and Marco are like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) It cracked me up so bad. At that moment, I was like, okay, if Axe is trying to emulate the soap opera actors, I hope he really doesn't try to kiss anybody because that would probably not go over well. (laughs) <laughs> no and he also does not know the point of it so yeah you know but maybe he I would just... want to try it it's true he might curiosity and science but uh, please please don't my boy we can't have another alien kissing book right after the the howlers <laughs> is this a kissing book oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it's not a kissing that's... book. You read this book. You know this isn't a kissing book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so then there's, like, some, like, plot that gets in the way of the, the jokes where um, they start talking about how the Yerks bought a lab, an animal testing lab, and a meat packing plant. They only recently found out about them acquiring these buildings. Um, They were purchased over a year ago, and then Eric tries to give him a little more info about it, but, like, he really doesn't know a whole lot. And so Marco goes, can we forget about this whole thing and just see how many cinnamon buns Axe can eat before he explodes? And Axe goes, I have already tried that experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Because you weren't watching him, Marco. Marco, you should have known this. He had to go to the hospital. (laughs) Well, he went in an ambulance. Whatever. Um, so because this experiment was already tried, Marco resigns himself to telling Jake about this, this animal testing lab and the meatpacking plant and then supplies. If they're messing with burgers, then we have to do something. (laughs) Uh, The food of the nineties. It's the food of today as well, right? Yes. Like burgers are still big. No, pizza was the food of the nineties, right? Oh, true. 
It I don't was even the only know. time that like Pizza Hut had toys. I forgot they had toys. <laughs> oh man, I just remember when McDonald's had Beanie Babies and everyone was flipping <gasps> their goddamn shit over it. Over the um, the bears the- specifically. Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh God. Ugh. Everyone was like, Beanie Babies are going to be worth so much in a, in like 20 years. And no, they're not. My favorite are like those pictures they have of like couples that are divorcing, separating out their Beanie Baby pile. Oh my God. Court. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Put the so Beanie Babies good. in the prenup. Jesus. <laughs> These are going to be worth a lot one day. Oh my God. Man. Yeah. Like I, how? How did we think that these were going to last? don't know it's like pokemon cards too yeah yeah although like charizard is still worth an like a surprising amount of money (laughs) like really surprising (laughs) so remember when the second movie came out and they were giving out those holographic mew cards like the ancient mews Mm -hmm. i i got one of those and i was like i'm going to retire like, I'm going to sell this fucking card, and I'm going to have enough money to retire. <laughs> I literally had that thought. I'm like, I'm going to be so fucking rich. <laughs> God, it really was a more innocent time in our lives. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. stomach hurts. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Help I'm going to retire one day. <laughs> got it made dude oh man <laughs> going well, to Disneyland. i mean 90s stuff is coming back into fashion maybe somehow like the beanie babies and the pokemon cards will make somewhat of a comeback and you just gotta like sell it off as soon as they do and you can put them in your fanny packs because fanny packs are back <laughs> everybody so, that's so a thing jean jackets <laughs> those are back too i went into many stores and all of them had jean jackets Oh, oh God. I'm so glad I never threw out any of my clothes from the 90s. Oh, my God. I uh, I loved the 90s, but the fashion was not good, y'all. It, it, there was nothing good about it. It was real bad. Oh, God. Um, speaking of the 90s, the Animorphs. They all meet at Cassie's barn, where Axe was moderately concerned about missing his TV shows. And Rachel like is like, hey, it's Tuesday night. There's really nothing on TV. And Axe goes, what about these messages? And <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. This boy. He like, he gets so poetic. He's like, so much emotion, so much excitement, all in such a condensed package. These messages are the greatest. Oh, God, I love him. I love him so, so much. He's so innocent. He's so he's so good. I still like to this day, whenever I catch a commercial, which is not often, I still think about acts like, oh, all the excitement, all the emotion. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, would man. he think of the Geico Gecko? Oh god, he'd probably love the Geico Gecko. <laughs> oh no. Or he'd be distressed. He'd be like, Do do these animals really speak English? <laughs> it's so realistic. It's not like the cartoon <laughs> Simpsons. It is too realistic and it's talking. <laughs> oh, man. See, he would have been in, in prime crocodile hunter territory as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
God, he had such good TV. Oh, man. Rocket Power. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking okay. Rocket Power, man. So okay. good. This the is not Andrew a 90s Beavers. podcast. Oh. It is, though. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I will continue on reluctantly. This is a rabbit hole. This is a rabbit hole. Um, okay. Anyways, much like bringing things back on track, the kids are talking about how they need to infiltrate these places and check it out while still worrying about school. Axe then asks what an animal testing facility is, and Marco makes a joke, which sets Cassie off, and she's upset, and like Marco's like berating her as a tree hugger, and how her morals are flip-floppy, and then Rachel jumps to her defense, and then they all just are like, cool it, kids, and then they leave. <laughs> cool it, kids. Don't fight with so, your yeah. friends. Yeah, your best We're friends. All in this together. <laughs> That's the only part I know. And I love Zephron so much. And I've never seen High School Musical. I have. You're not missing out, <laughs> if I'm <Okay>. honest. <laughs> I'm glad that I've gotten the best parts of Zephron and none of the bad parts. The Greatest Showman is a better musical. As far as music. I wouldn't say as far okay. as plot, but music. Well, I, good. there is an episode that I that was recently published where I just berated the plot of The Greatest Showman for... Yes. I think we edited out 10 plus minutes. That's one of my favorite non-Animorphs-related rants that we've been on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we should release the extended version someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm kidding. We won't do that. It's horrible. But anyways... <laughs> So, the kids go to scout out this place immediately and fly into the bad part of town. Once they make it to the facility, they stagger themselves around the parking lot and their various birds of prey morph. They are talking amongst themselves, trying to figure out what morph to use to get in and how they're going to do this mission. Um, And when they start talking about using animals to sneak into the facility, there is a rabbit that runs into the fence and then Axe does a soap take. Which makes them all question him yet again. <laughs> oh, my God. Precious. This was so good. So, so good. He, I wish I'd written down the exact line, which, of course, I did not have the foresight to do. But he does a dramatic pause and then doesn't speak. And the kids are like, what's happening? <laughs> and uh, he's like, I cannot speak until these messages. And that's when Rachel's like, oh, he's doing a soap take. Got it. <laughs> Dear um, God. Yeah, they all are pretty sure he's going nuts, I think. So um, this is interrupted by a truck showing up. Tobias flies over to get a better look at what this truck is doing and overhears the truck driver saying he is delivering the chimps. Um, Cassie reminds everybody that he's probably not a primatologist, so they might not actually be chimpanzees. But then they spot the university sticker on the back of the van and Jake's like, doesn't matter. I have a plan. So, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a harebrained scheme. Yay. Um, Yay. Then we cut to jump cut. Tobias and Axe are scouting out a tunnel all day, which seems very boring. And they agree. It's a miserable <laughs> day of rain and flying around and everybody being miserable. Um, Tobias stayed as a hawk. Obviously, Axe has been morphing to a seagull all day, and he's been demorphing and remorphing in a dumpster. Which is gross. (laughs) A wet, moist dumpster. A wet, moist, gross, trash dumpster. 
which is horrible. He also apparently ate a packet of Doritos that was in this dumpster. As no. Andalite or human or seagull, I cannot be sure. Oh, honey, no, that's gross. It, it was not specified what morph he was when he ate these chips. Do with that information <sighs> what you will. <laughs> he, just, he just crushes them with his Andalite hoof. And he's like, aha, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay, anyways, the rest of the team shows up after school is out, and they're like, are we ready to go? And they're all like, yeah! So they begin their insane plan. Sure enough, right on time, this truck is coming by, and they're like, all right, we gotta land on it. And Cassie starts yelling at the lights, and she's like, change light, change! So the driver has to stop, and Axe goes, the light is going to change in four seconds, and I do not believe it is responsive to thought speech. (laughs) Which cracks me up. Yes. Um... So X was correct. The light does indeed turn yellow, and they all have a chance to land on the roof of the truck while it's stopped. The plan is to demorph while on the truck and then morph again inside of the tunnel, or to get inside of the tunnel in their human morphs, morphing for X and Tobias, maybe? Yeah, he morphs to human again inside the tunnel and uh, then break into this truck. It's a very confusing plan. It was not very well thought out at all. It was very dangerous. I do not condone this plan. Yeah, I think Jake. this is one of their worst plans. Jake. Yeah, yeah, Jake. This was not one of your best, but um, still very funny. So anyways, the light does indeed turn to green. The driver takes off, and they all have to start demorphing anyways because they just... They can't hang on as seagulls. They are sliding off, so they need to get heavier. Um, A driver behind them catches a glimpse of what's going on and runs his car off the road. So this was our first, (laughs) like, don't drive distracted PSA. Oh, no. Um, A lot of driving PSAs in this book. (laughs) There's so many driving. There's so many PSAs in general in this book. Like, Don't drive drunk. Don't drive distracted. Don't drive drunk. Don't drive with your Marco. (laughs) <laughs> don't drive trucks <laughs> yeah yeah do your seatbelts up that was another message in this book <laughs> god there's a lot of messages there's these messages <laughs> these messages i love how he capitalizes them yes they are a show in and of themselves <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um yeah. So anyways, they're all going back to their own bodies. Um, Tobias is going to his human body, and then they enter the tunnel, which makes Axe extremely claustrophobic. He has a panic attack at how low the ceiling is to his body and all that jazz. Um, they then form a human andalite chain and start lowering Cassie down the back of the truck. And Cassie and Jake have this funny exchange where Cassie's like, okay, lower me down. And Jake's like, no, I'll go. And Cassie's like, you weigh twice as much as me. (laughs) Fatty. (laughs) And then she says, like, don't try and stop me when I'm being brave. (laughs) Oh, Cassie. (laughs) So yeah, as the, um, I guess, smallest member of the group, they lower her down by her heels to the back of the truck, and she yells up, there's no lock, which is a great victory. Um, And so she opens the back of the truck, and then comes the part where they start swinging her so that she can tumble into the truck. And at this point, there's a car, like, pretty close to tailing them. And this guy, I guess, is thinking that they're, like, letting the chimpanzees go, which they are, in a way. But um, he's, like, cheering them on, like, yeah, woohoo! And Axe is, like, (laughs) 
Axe has no idea why he's cheering them on, so he's like, he might be really into breaking into trucks or acrobatics. <laughs> oh my god. He, he just loves this fucking train heist situation. Yeah, he's really into this, like... This is really the the western, right? Like the robbing the yeah. train heist. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> also, who doesn't put a um, lock on their car full of chimpanzees? You dingbats. Well, like I think a lot of the times when you're driving a truck, like I can think of the times that that we were driving a truck with stuffed places, and most of the time you're like moving, so you don't really think about locking it up. Like you just latch it down, and like hmm. why bother putting put a lock on it? Like you're driving. Because clearly people are going to break into the truck. This happened in Toy Story as well. <laughs> okay. These people are nothing. Our child- <laughs> people are nothing. Our childhood movies really wanted us to believe that it was common for people to break into trucks. Moving trucks. Moving trucks. Oh, I've seen so many people drive without even fully closing the back door of the truck. I know, and it just bounces around all willy-nilly. That's horrifying. Yeah, and like sometimes there's blankets back there, and I'm like, those are gonna fall out somehow, somewhere. Oh God, this is a truck PSA. Lock up your shit. <laughs> Lock your fucking trucks. God. <laughs> yeah, they, people really do not lock their trucks all that often, though. Like in 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 actual life, like they really don't. Like I don't know. We never lock up like the horse trailers either, other than like the tack door at night. But even when we're driving, I don't know if they're locked most of the time. I don't know. Anyways, I'll worry about that later. A question oh, no. for later. <laughs> Put a pin uh, in it. Yeah, but so anyways, um, the truck is doors open. They start to swing Cassie back and forth so she can tumble into the truck. And sure enough, once she's ready, they throw her in there and she like, I'm assuming eats shit, but we can't really see what happens to her. We just hear a lot of banging and her yelling, ow. She beefs it. She beefs it. We don't see it, but she definitely beefs it. (laughs) (laughs) So once Cassie is inside, she's able to help the others in. They don't have to swing as much because she can, like, pull them towards her. Um, And Axe is the last one to go in, but he has to morph to human at this point so he can use his arm strength to lower him down. Because remember, Andalite arms are, are very weak. Um, so Axe starts to morph human as fast as he can, and at some point is like, great, I'm done, I'm gonna get in the truck. But unfortunately, he didn't realize that, like, he wasn't fully morphed in the back end. So, (laughs) he tries to lower himself down, but he's, like, partially Andalite, and they're all yelling at him, like, keep morphing, keep morphing, and he's falling, and Axe starts screaming, please make every effort not to drop me. (laughs) (laughs) Which cracked me up. Oh my god. He could have said, don't drop me. But instead he had to add like 10 extra words. And I love that. He did. He did. I love it so much. Um... So, yeah, they do manage to wrangle him into the back of the van. Like, he keeps morphing, and finally, like, Rachel's able to grab a leg, and they pull him in. And everybody is super relieved, and even X, like, starts to laugh with relief. Um... Which would be out of character, except for the way they described it was really cool. It was like his human instincts like kicked in, so he started laughing, and it took him a minute to figure out why, and it like had to do with like the endorphins like rushing into like it was just this cool little explanation of like laughing with relief being a human thing, and then everybody else joining in. So, Aww. I liked that moment. It was it was really it was fun. They all laughed. Freeze frame. 
Oh, Marco does mock him for saying, please make every effort not to drop me. Yes. So that's, that's great. <laughs> so next, they have to acquire these chimpanzees. They are indeed chimpanzees. Um, and Jake tells Marco to go, and Marco's like, dude, I have a gorilla morph. I know what the fuck these things can do. Um, and it's Cassie who finally like is like, oh, I'll just offer this chimp some food pellets. And, and Cassie's like... You know, she isn't going to hurt me. She'll be gentle. She isn't going to hurt me, which seems like she is just being reckless and stupid. But of course, because she is Cassie and she has fantastic animal chops, she knew that the chimp was going to try and grab her. So what she did was she just waited and was ready for it. And so the chimp reached out for the pellets and then like shot its other arm out to grab Cassie's arm. Um, And Cassie just like grabs the chimp back and starts to acquire her, sending her into the trance. So awesome maneuver by Cassie and I really appreciated this moment because it starts off with like oh great the kids are gonna have it like so easy and you know they're gonna this other unbelievable thing happens but then it was actually like somewhat realistic and it was Cassie showing off her animal knowledge so I liked it yeah um then Cassie struggles internally for a moment to the point where Axe takes note about how she loses concentration and seems conflicted, um, but then kind of like gets herself together and continues to acquire the chimp before passing her off to someone else to acquire this chimp. Um, Once they all have the morph, they are going to set the rest of the chimpanzees free, which Cassie objects to. She is like, of course I want to free these animals, but, like, we can't just let them go in a place they're unfamiliar with that's not their natural habitat and all of the above. And she's right, but they also don't really have much choice. Yeah. Um, so they go to free them. They open the back of the door with all the chimps ready to go, and the chimps don't move. They just start peeing everywhere. So, Hooray! Thanks. Yeah, pretty accurate, I would say. Helpful. Also, pee jokes because it's the nineties. We, but no poop joke. <laughs> oh wait, that comes later. No, yeah, yeah. There, there are poop jokes, <laughs> but no fart jokes. That is too far. Yeah, that's that's what I. Yeah, I, that's I get the, the line. two mixed up. <laughs> that's the line drawn. This is the line right here. The line <laughs> is drawn. It's <laughs> fart jokes. <sighs> okay. Anyways, um. Drivers behind the truck screamed and gestured and said words that Axe said he wasn't allowed to say, according to the humans. <laughs> and finally, Tobias is like, I think I have a plan. And he just starts flapping his wings and screaming, and all the chimpanzees freak <laughs> the fuck out and jump off the back of the truck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it would work, probably, I would guess. It can be intimidating. It's a loud noise when they scream right above your head. I guess. Some, yeah. Some people and creatures are afraid of birds. Yeah, especially when they make noises that are loud. Most things are afraid of loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to make Rightfully a generalization so. about things. <laughs> um, hmm. Anyways, the chimpanzees take off and they immediately start like screwing with all the cars behind them, like climbing on top of the sunroofs and like <laughs> the two kids were screaming with joy. Their mother was screaming, perhaps not with joy. <laughs> oh no. This is just so like good. Jumanji. It was a little like Jumanji, yeah. Another great movie. Anyways, um 
once the chimps are gone, the kids jump into the cages. And Cassie's like, okay, I'll lock all the cages and morph last. And Axe is like, that makes sense. She's the fastest morpher. She gets them all locked in. Um, and they are starting to morph. And Axe gets concerned because um, as soon as the chimpanzee brain surfaces below his own, he's realizing that these are extremely intelligent creatures. And he brings it up to Cassie, who just like, will not answer him like he is asking like are these creatures sentient can they understand things can they like you know figure out what's going on here and cassie is just like very quiet other than saying she doesn't think that the chimps could have understood the question of if they could you know have consent to use their bodies and that's all she says about it Marco, on the other hand, is a complete dickhead and starts going like, yeah, of course they're highly intelligent, but Cassie only cares about consent with sentient animals when it doesn't serve her purposes. If it's on a mission to go and save a few animals in a lab, she's totally willing to throw the, the consent thing out the window. Um, and he kind of is able to go on for quite a while before Jake finally tells him just to leave it and he shuts yeah. up. Um. Axe hmm. tries to, like, rationalize this, and he says that he assumes because humans do experiments on them and put them in cages that chimps are not sentient uh, because that's what Axe needed to say before going on this mission to himself so he could be okay with himself. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like all animals are sentient. Like, yeah. I don't know if that was a thing that was discussed or proven in in the time period but like i think nowadays the general like consensus is yes all animals are sentient they can all think and feel you know to to different degrees um so like i always i always get a little bit weirded out with these like is this creature sentient like it's this one and it's just it's an interesting discussion that almost isn't even relevant anymore (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's because, like, I think a lot of that is because the 90s did the heavy lifting. Like, the 90s was this sort of thing with, like, them experimenting on animals with reckless abandon for anything. This was, like, rampant in the 90s. The 90s was the time that everybody, like, stood against this, and that's why they don't... Like, there's much better restrictions on this nowadays because of everybody, like, in this book being outraged that they're testing on these creatures and so Mm -hmm. on. Like, it's just nuts. The shit that people used to be able to do to animals, like... Yeah. It was just horrifying. Even now, like, you know, it's better. It's not solved, but it's better. And, I mean, as long as strides are being made in the right direction, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, uh... It's quite the conundrum. And much like the other Animorphs books, um, it is not really answered in this book. Or, Uh you know, any. It's a conversation for us to pick up and continue in our own daily lives. No. (laughs) I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, okay. Let's let's get back to these chimps because um, there's some pretty good shit coming up and some more moral quandaries that we'll need to briefly tackle and then make excuses and duck out of the room irish exit from those (laughs) oh no uh so the truck very soon after pulls up to this testing facility and to the loading dock where axe makes a fantastic comment 
about how the size of the door was the same size as the loading dock, proving humans are capable of planning ahead. The shade. The shade. <laughs> so I good. miss the shade. <laughs> the shade is, is pretty good in this book. The tea is hot. <laughs> Anyways, um, Axe is quickly wheeled out of the truck, being the closest to the door, um, and he is moderately concerned that he's not playing his part well, because uh, there's not a lot of instinct with the chimpanzee, since it's mostly, like, intelligence. But um, he is soon met with a scientist who offers him a cookie. He hesitates, wondering if it is low-fat and heart-healthy, as these messages indicate. Meanwhile, I'm like, don't eat it, it's poison! Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been my first... Thought, but Axe is only worried if it is low fat and heart healthy. Oh my god, boy. He's so good. He's so, so good. Uh, he starts to eat the cookie, delighted. Both the chimpanzee and the Andalite were delighted by this cookie, the sugar cookie. <laughs> um, hmm. The scientist calls him Pumpkin, which is the name on his cage, snaps a collar on him, and then helps him into the new cage. Like, just grabs his hand and, like, helps him walk into the new cage. X, uh, he goes into there relatively quickly, is handed another cookie, but then once he finishes it, he realizes he's overwhelmed by everything going on around him in this lab because there are just many, many chimpanzees screaming and upset by their presence, and it's loud and confusing, and he hates it. So he starts covering his ears to try and block out some of the sound when Marco is wheeled in cracking jokes about, you know... Give me a lawyer. I didn't even have a trial. (laughs) Marco. Marco. Um, Once they are all in the room and transferred to their new cages, they start wondering what the fuck to do. Um, The scientists clear out soon after, and they're like, great, we've caught a break. Let's start, you know, morphing something small to get out of these cages. And Cassie starts demorphing. But unfortunately, they did not actually catch a break. Instead, Visor 3 comes walking in, and everyone goes nuts, <laughs> including Axe, who throws himself at the bars of his cage, screeching. Um, Jake and Rachel just start screaming at Cassie that she's got to morph back. Like, he, she's going to get caught. And uh, she's like, I'm going as fast as I can. But, like, he is right there. He's about to see her. And <laughs> that's when I think it's Jake yells distraction. So Marco's like, poop him. And then grabs a bunch of poop <laughs> on the bottom of his cage and throws it and nails him square in the face. Um, nice. Such so a good, good shot. So good. Um, Axe also like follows suit and hits one of his stock eyes. And Axe says it was unconventional, but extremely satisfying. So, God. I mean... He's going to get to go back to the Andalite homeworld and tell everybody that he pooped the abomination in the face. <laughs> I I think he should have a parade uh, in his honor. I just, I feel like monkeys and apes already have a bad rap. Like, everybody thinks like, oh yeah, they throw shit. And mm-hmm. so it's like, of course there would be a scene in this book where they throw shit. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I... I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wasn't surprised. (laughs) I'm delighted, but I'm not surprised. (laughs) As long as you're delighted, that's all that matters. (laughs) The effect is, it was had. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, 
This is made even better by the fact that, like, right after this, all of the other chimpanzees who are not Animorphs quickly join in the fray and just start, like, coating Visor 3 in poop. <laughs> Which was, like, the best part for me. <laughs> oh, God. It's like the end of Matilda when all the kids throw the food at the trench bowl. I still haven't seen Matilda, so. What? Yeah. Sorry, I just spoiled Matilda for you. No, you did. I've, I've heard many things about it and i feel like i already know everything that happens even though i've never seen it cool i find the child actor distressing to me so why ah <laughs> uh, she looks exactly like this neighbor kid that i i hated um like exactly like if you i'll i'll show you a picture of this kid when he was younger and if you took her hair and put it on his face exact match wow and i hated this kid he was the worst oh no so annoying oh no so, anyways, every time I see it, I'm like, ugh, Matilda. But, like, it's not. Matilda. Matilda, my arch nemesis. How dare you? Where's Rachel? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> Friendship is a big deal. <laughs> Friendship is a big deal. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Rachel. There, okay. I combined them. That's my contribution. I'm, I'm going to continue on before we go further Enough down of this. this. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Visitor 3 backs out of this room covered in shit and orders all of the chimpanzees killed. Um, apparently, one of the scientists tried to defy him because a second later, a man with a stump for an arm was thrown into the room. Um, <laughs> which is the saddest day. Uh, Visor 3 continues to threaten him for defying orders, and Visor 3 then makes it very clear that all of the chimpanzees should be killed because phase 2 of the project was already complete anyways. Um, then Visor 3, like, I guess, like, flips it the hand towards the guy, and he goes, reattach this and get back to work. Um, <laughs> Once again proving he has no idea how humans work. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> Does he think they're, like, self-healing or some shit? Like... Jesus. I don't know. Like, I'm sure they have the technology to, like, reattach a hand, but, like... Yeah, but it's not something you can do in, like, five minutes. Yeah, no. There's no way. Especially functionally. Yeah. (laughs) A dingbat. He is a dingbat. Then he changes the orders from, you know, kill them all to bring the taxons. They need fresh meat. Um, This panics all of the Animorphs, rightfully so. (laughs) So they all start going to insect just enough to get through the bars and then go back, except for Tobias, who just like morphs to his hawk body and just like walks through the bars (laughs) as as is tradition (laughs) in Tobias land. Um, They were like totally free and clear to make an escape. But then Cassie doubles back and starts opening the cages. And they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, freeing the chimps, obviously. Um, Marco reasoned, he's like, we have to leave them here in order to not arouse suspicion. He's like, they won't notice a few missing chimps, but if they're all loose, they will definitely notice. And they might think, you know, hey, the Andalite Bandalites are here. Um, and like, that was Jake's reasoning too. He's like, if we let them all out, the Yurks will definitely know they're here and it'll blow our chances of infiltrating the meatpacking plant. And Cassie's like, what if we forego our usual battle morphs and all go to chimp? And they're like, uh, fuck, I guess so. So um, they all morph to chimpanzee, and when the taxons enter the room, they're standing ready with weapons they found laying around, including things like a <laughs> screwdriver and a computer monitor. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, 
It's gross. So the taxon like screech with glee at this meal that they're about to consume. And one of them like rears up like they do and is about to slam down and start eating Rachel. But she promptly opens up its stomach with a screwdriver. And the other taxons, like once it explodes and all of its blood and guts start spilling out, they all just fall on this, this bloody ruined taxon. Ew. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Stupid they keep trying to make their escape through the facility, but the chimps don't really follow them for long. Like, they try to herd them in, and especially Cassie tries to get them to follow, but, like, the chimpanzees just get distracted and, and go do other shit. Um, and they also, like, on the way out, they pass by, like, other monkeys. They pass by dogs and rats. And Axe says oh. what they saw them doing to these animals could be called nothing short of torture. Mm-hmm. So it was brutal. Kind of this scene kind of morphs into Axe feeding in his meadow, just like thinking back on the day. And like he's trying to rationalize like how humans could do this. And he tries to say like, hey, I'm a herbivore. Like I don't I don't understand humans anyways, because they have always been hunter gatherers as far as he understands. So he's like, I don't understand how they could eat meat to begin with, so I can't properly say, like, how they should treat their animals. Um, Mm -hmm. But all Axe knows is that something doesn't quite sit right with him because of what he saw in the testing facility. And um, especially with Cassie saying, too, like, you know, a lot of the testing that they're doing is, like, for makeup. Like, who cares? She's like, for medical reasons, maybe. But, like, for makeup, I don't think so. Um, Yeah. And I think that's the prevailing train of thought nowadays as well. Like, if we have to do testing for medical reasons, that's one thing. But, like, when was the last time you, like, saw a makeup packet that didn't say, like, no animal testing on it? Mm-hmm. So, right. partially successful, I think, as far as this particular PSA goes. It's nice to be able to look back on it. Yeah. It's almost like a commentary on privilege um, when he's, like... I, you know, I'm, I'm primarily a grazer. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have to worry about meat. And, like, humans don't have that option. Which isn't, like, entirely true. Like, you could be a, a vegetarian or a vegan, but... Um, yeah, but that's really... I mean, that's interesting, thinking about it from the perspective of privilege. Because that, like, that didn't occur to me. But that's that's true. Like, he's getting to say, like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't have to make that choice. I'm lucky I don't have to think about it. Well, and then what's interesting to me is he mentions he's a grazer, not a predator. Mm-hmm. Like, biologically and in terms of, like, food and diet, like, that's true. If you think about it in the context of morality, I feel like war is, like, a, a very human concept or, like, a creature with high sentient sort of concept, mm-hmm. which the Andalites are participating in. And it's it's like, okay, they're, they're kind of you know, defending themselves. They're fighting back against the Yerks. Yeah. But, like, they're also, you know, they also have to do predatory acts to help win this war. Right. If a pack of wolves attacks a herd of deer, the deer will defend itself in the moment, but they won't seek vengeance on the wolves. So it's like, can you really say that you're not truly a predator? I don't know. Maybe it's not the same thing. Well, that's... No, that that is... um... Like, he doesn't mention that instance. He kind of comes at that same concept from the reverse because he also mentions that there's, like, no predators on Andalite. Like, 
They have, Mm -hmm. you know, coffet birds. They have a few other species, but they don't have to defend themselves. And he also points out, like, humanity grew or evolved with um, having to defend themselves against predators. And in some parts of the world, there are still animals that hunt them. So that was, like, that was also kind of mentioned. So the inverse of that would be, like, yeah, Andalites have kind of had to evolve predatory instincts. Mm -hmm. But um, I wonder how naturally it came to them, I guess. Yeah. Like with intelligence, does that do you just does that just happen? Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think well, of any to think other about, like, species that do it. I'm trying. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of the most intelligent species on Earth, and like how many of them are herbivores, and how many of them are carnivores or omnivores. Um, you know, you got dolphins, which are I believe carnivores. Yeah, because they eat fish. Yeah. I mean, even the cute uh, fuzzy ones, though, are brutal. Like, dolphins still, like, engage in drugs and rape and stuff. And, like, I mean, there's a lot so of... So do chimpanzees. <laughs> so do chimpanzees, like, except for bonobos, which are super peaceful and only have orgies. Yeah. Yeah, they just have crazy sex orgies. Um, But, yeah. Like, chimpanzees can be just as cruel and violent as humans. Um, yeah, and they do have wars between... Um, yeah. Different bands. Yeah, they got gangbangs and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, things to think about. Yeah, something to be explored at a later date, I think. We. Oui. I want to look into how many creatures um, take part in revenge plots and then come back to this. Because mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. I can't think of many examples off the top of my head, but I have this like sensation in the back of my mind like this is familiar i've heard this happening before so i will research that hopefully if i remember and come back to it sometime sure uh, anyways for now let's do what axe did and completely change the subject okay so they go back to axe's scoop and tobias flies in shortly after and drops off a present for him a small black rectangle and he goes, this is a universal remote, because Axe had no idea what it was. <laughs> this is an excellent rectangle. <laughs> oh, my God. Ron Swanson and the Animorphs. That would be so oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so he immediately tries it on the TV and starts thinking to himself about how many calories he's going to save by being able to switch oh the God. channels. Axe, watch better TV. Oh, seriously, watch better TV. And then, like, as he's flipping through, they're going past, like, MTV and, like, paid channels. And Tobias is like, dude, how did you get all these channels? And Axe was like, oh, I made improvements. So Tobias, like, I guess hops behind the TV to, like, see what these improvements are. And for the most part, it's trash. It's, like, clock radios and cans, like, soda cans and stuff. But then there's, like, this (laughs) thick black (laughs) one. Potatoes? Yeah, like potato. You you stick a wire in a potato, you can make a potato clock. Oh, yeah. I never got to do that experiment, so I always forget that's a thing. What do you do with lemons? Is that electric current? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Um, I feel like that, that sounds right. Okay. I never did that one either, but I feel like it's electric current. I'm just wondering what he did for power. Like, if it's a, if it's a small, like, battery-powered TV, or if he's, like, running a really long cable somewhere <laughs> to in the middle of the woods. Or to uh, Jake's parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, a really long extension cord. Super or several long extension, extension cords. 
No, I bet they have like a car battery or something that they found or <laughs> took. Yeah, or a generator. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, or like some small piece of like some spacecraft from one of their adventures that like powers it. Yeah. Maybe it's Venber, yeah. melted Venber. <laughs> oh no. It'll power this TV for 20 years. <laughs> oh no. God. Um Anyways, one of one of the parts of the improvements that Axe made is this thick black wire and Tobias is like, "Dude, where did you get this?" And Axe is like, "It was just attached to this pole in the middle of nowhere." And Tobias is like, "Oh, well that explains the power outage in Jake's neighborhood." And Axe is like, "You leave this shit unguarded and you need it?" <laughs> like <laughs> uh, Axe is horrified. Um <laughs> and then Tobias is like, let's just chill before tomorrow because we have to break into a slaughterhouse. Oh. Things just keep getting better. Yeah. Or worse. So anyways, the following day, the kids meet at the barn after Axe and Tobias have been observing the slaughterhouse all day. And it was once again horrible and terrifying. Um, There's no force field over the cows, which led to an awesome interaction between Axe and Cassie that was um, really fun and of course math related because this is Animorphs and we do math here uh, Boo. but yeah he's, he's basically explaining that the reason they couldn't use the force field over all the cows is because like you know a force field if it goes over X amount to double the size of the force field doesn't mean that the amount of energy doubles it, it squares itself so like you know mm-hmm. it would take up too much energy and like he tells this to them and Cassie's like oh my god I get it this is amazing I must be getting so smart and Axe in his head is like I'm so proud of myself for dumbing this concept down enough for my idiot friends to understand (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Uh, he doesn't call them idiots but he does say like simple friends (laughs) rude rude Uh, it was so funny though um Anyways, there are Gleet biofilters at the entrance, um, to every entrance of the slaughterhouse, and it's programmed to kill anything except cows and people. Um, So the other issue is they can't go as flies, and then the other other issue is that they only pick up specific cows, so they have to acquire specific cows and get their ear tags. Um, And then it's Cassie that's like, wait a minute, Gleet biofilters don't account for organisms inside other organisms. And Rachel's like, if you say tapeworm, I'm going to flip shit. But um, Cassie's like, no, I'm talking about flies, but like really deep inside the nose of the cows. How the fuck do you know that's going to work? I don't think she does. Uh. I don't know, man. It's gross, Uh. though. Um, Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. And then this moment happens that I immediately thought of your complaints in the last book about uh, Tobias and Rachel volunteering, where um, Jake says, okay, Axe and Tobias, you're going to be the cows because if you have to demorph, then it won't be the human and everybody else can go as flies. And I immediately thought about how quickly Jake decided that for them and how smart it was as opposed to letting them all draw straws. So I just wanted you to know. I was thinking of you. Woohoo. Anyways, uh, Marco says they can go in as either burgers or boogers, and with that, the plan is set. Everybody laughs. Okay. The following evening, or the same evening? The same evening, I think. 
Axe, Marco, Rachel, and Tobias flew to the feedlot at night. It was raining because this whole book, it's just raining, basically. And they were going to the feedlot where the cows were located. Jake and Cassie had family events to attend to because some of them have family shit to do with their fucking families. But, you know, the outcasts and the people with weird families get to do other shit. Um, and also Rachel had to go because she had to carry the, the ear gun, which was super heavy. So only her eagle morph could carry it. And even then it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> Tobias stayed as a hawk for like solidarity, I guess, with Rachel because they're diurnal to which Marco replies, you should get some like stomach acid, antacid for that. <laughs> which me up. I didn't recognize the brand name that he said, so I kind of, like, missed the joke the first time. Oh, no. <laughs> but now I understand it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm glad we could oh. have this moment together. <laughs> also, Matt says hi. Hi, Matt. Okay. Of course he comes up when we're talking about antacid. <laughs> of course. that's It was like the uh, Bloody Mary. That's how you summon Matt, is you look into a mirror oh, and say antacid three times. <laughs> This is, if he ever listens to this podcast, which I'm relatively confident he won't, he's going to be so upset about how we talk about him. (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) You know it's the truth, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways. We laugh at um, you because we love you. It's because you're so related to poop in our heads that we can't talk about poop without (laughs) talking about you. Oh, no. I am a bad and mean person. No. Okay, anyways. um, Yes, the diurnal joke, which was fantastic. Uh, Marco and Axe were owls, though. And Axe, as they were flying, was noting people that were, like, ducking out of the rain and going under umbrellas. And he was, like, speculating on why they hated the rain. And he's like, I bet it's because they're already so wobbly on two legs they despise anything that makes it harder to walk. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) So Uh, sassy. So sassy. He has so many observations. Um, So finally, they approach the feedlot where Rachel gladly drops the gun in the mud. They are looking for two very specific cows. Um, They're looking for tag numbers that they know are going out. And then they said they are looking for, I think it was low numbers so that they load up first. I don't really think that's how it would ever work because cows don't, you know, count. So here we are. (laughs) Anyways, um, after a while of looking, they found them, and they weren't too far apart. So Tobias goes first. He lands on one of them and very easily acquires it because the cow does not even give a shit that a bird landed on it. And um, he's like, that was easy. And Axe is like, okay. But like, as soon as he jumps in there, he's like, this is going to be more difficult for me because he has to go back to Andalite. So he starts demorphing, and they spot a car that may or may not be headed towards them. They can't really tell from, like, where this car is weaving around. And Axe is like, whatever, I'm just going to go for it. And if they get close, I'll attempt to blend in with the steer. So, great. (laughs) Yeah. He um, Uh, demorphs inside a group of cattle who walk (laughs) away while he's morphing. And <laughs> they're like not scared, but they're like, I'd rather not be here right now, thanks. Yeah, they're like, whatever's happening, I just don't feel like I need to be a part of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just politely leave. They just politely oh gamble away. Oh my uh, god, I love cows. God, 
cows are pretty great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, X keeps going to Andalite. Uh, the cows walk away. He tries to follow them, but he ends up falling face first into the mud, which sucks, but whatever. Um, he continues to demorph, but it turns out that the truck is headed directly towards them, and it stops right by the pasture. So X does his best to blend in, which he does by tucking his tail along his back so he looks bigger, leaning his top half over, and then finishes off this illusion by pointing his stock eyes like steer horns. (laughs) 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 so funny. Oh, my God. God. I appreciate your effort, baby boy. He does his best. This is his best. No one will um, suspect a thing. <laughs> he was like, this will be the uh, chef's kiss to my illusion. This is what oh we'll top God. it well, off. Well, he also thinks he makes a good and convincing human being boy. So He does. He's just, he's just very overconfident, and I appreciate that about him. I mean, a lot of the times, overconfidence is what sells you. Like, like if yeah, they believe this hard... Yeah, exactly. And he is making something. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's, God. it's a beautiful illusion is what it is. Uh, um, so, anyways, these, these people get out of the car. And they are not security. They are drunken idiots. And Hooray. They, they quickly discern that these are teenagers that are out here to go cow tipping, which... They try to explain to Axe, but, like, also Rachel just keeps yelling about, like, how stupid it is. And they're like, yeah, they get drunk and go and, like, try to tip over a cow. And Axe is like, but why? And Rachel's like, it's just fucking stupid. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason for this. Um, didn't, didn't they prove that you can't actually tip over a cow? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it has to be possible to tip over a cow, but, like, probably not while drunk. And probably not just one person. No, definitely not one person. How many drunk frat boys does it take to tip over a cow? God, you can't keep making me do math. It's my weakest subject. Oh, no. (laughs) How much drunken force has to be exerted on a cow? Oh, Oh my God. God. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, they they just, no one knows why these idiots are doing this. And they are, like, super drunk. And they are, like, lunging at cows. And the cows, of course, are just moving away from them. But because Axe can't walk without giving himself away as not a cow, the teenagers eventually focus on him and start making their way over. That's about when Rachel says to behead them for drunk driving. <laughs> so... <laughs> She is very affronted that they would drive drunk and endanger people. So he's like, cut off their heads. And then Axe is like, really? And Tobias is like, nope, nope. She's not serious. Nope. (laughs) Um, Oh, no. And Axe is like, it's okay, guys. I got this. And he knocks them out with the flat of his tail blade. To which everyone is thankful except Rachel, who would still prefer them beheaded. Um Axe then acquires a cow and they leave these idiots in the mud because Axe wants to get back to watch the Brady Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. (laughs) That was my favorite part. Oh my god. Oh, and at some point, Marco says, like, Axe, why do I picture you with, with 
special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. And I was like, oh my god, I can hear that jingle in my fucking head. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't, is this the point, too, where somebody asks, asks, um, somebody asks what the secret sauce is, and Rachel just, like, fucking is like, everyone knows what the secret sauce is, and, like, gives the recipe for the secret sauce. (laughs) (laughs) What? Ketchup, mayo, and relish. Yeah. She's so mad about it. She's so mad about it. Rachel's so mad on this whole mission. She is. She, like, she hates so much about this entire mission. Uh, I hate, I hate stupid frat boys too. <laughs> Rachel really hates stupid frat boys. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. She has time for that bullshit. She has no time, have time for, for this. <laughs> also, they drove drunk. Yes. So, and now they will sleep with the cow pies. They will, in the mud. <laughs> Oh, so anyways, um, the next morning, X does his morning ritual, and then he and Tobias head off to the feedlot, and once they get there, they land amongst the cows. Tobias morphs first so he could cover X, because of course X has to go from bird of prey to himself, then to cow. Um, and once Tobias morphs, he starts to tell Axe how agitated he is. He's like, I, I feel like something's wrong, like I'm just looking for trouble. And um, Axe is like, okay, <laughs> weird. And at this point, Axe starts to morph. Um, he morphs into a cow. And he's like, Tobias is wrong. This morph is very calm and cares about nothing. Um, and then they're like, hey, Axe, you're, you're a cow. You have udders. You need to be a steer. And they're like, oh, okay. So he demorphs, acquires a steer, and then starts to morph to steer. Um, at this point, the truck is coming down the road to pick up the cows, and Jake is like, pick up the pace, we gotta get out of here. Uh, and then Cassie wanders out into the field with her day-glow spandex and no shoes to tag their ears. <laughs> which is a great look, Cassie. I approve. <laughs> uh, so Axe has morphed as well now, and... Um, he was like, okay, Tobias is right. Like, I feel agitated. I feel, like, really weird. Like, I'm looking for trouble. And then he realizes that there's another steer in his territory. But that is because they are not actually steers. They have morphed bulls. They have forgotten Yay. that the DNA does not concern being castrated. Hooray! <laughs> there is a I... lot of talk about noticing balls without ever mentioning testicles. Yeah. Let's go get some Rocky Mountain oysters now. That's gross. I don't know. I've never had them. Yeah, <laughs> Dead silence. I What's going on? I just don't. I just don't want it. Okay. It's just. I just That's don't want to try it. Like, I feel. You don't like, have to. I feel like I just don't want to. You don't have to. <laughs> and I won't. <laughs> uh, I mean, you should try everything once, but. Not like this. I'm glad we're agreed on this. Okay. Anyways, um, back to the story. Sorry, I was just really grossed out, and then I started wondering what I was going to be eating for dinner. So. Oh no. That's about how long that lasted. Spoiler alert: It's a salad. No, don't be sorry. Uh, It's salad and tuna. So, just like every night. Anyways, uh, (laughs) um. Uh, Cassie is like, I am done with this shit. And she screams at them, tags their ears, and they, um, they're they squaring up to fight. 
And she's like, you guys have got to stop this. And, like, she tried the, the nice approach, but, yeah, she screamed at them. And that's what got them to stop. Good. Um, now they are ready-ish to go. But Cassie is like, just because the Yerks won't know a bull from a steer doesn't mean that they're... they're um, controller bodies their human bodies will not because those are going to be farm guys like the yurks will have taken over farm folk so (laughs) the guys get there and just as cassie predicted they get out of the truck and they are pissed they're like nobody told us that there were bulls here what is this shit and this is bullshit uh, this is bullshit (laughs) literal bullshit i had to did you write that as a joke yes i'm pleased with this turn of events Good. These guys are pissed. And they come walking out of there. And so Jake comes up with a plan on the fly and says the scariest words in the world. Marco, do you think you can drive that truck? No! (laughs) Uh, No! Don't. (laughs) But do. Also do. Um, Okay, so. Shio. Uh, the guys start approaching Axe and Tobias angrily, and at the last moment, they move to reveal what they are hiding. A gorilla! One of the guys goes, hey, a gorilla! And the other guy goes, no, you idiot, those are Andalites and Morph. And so they both take off running, and Axe charges them down and hits one of them in what they call the butt area. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great description. Um, Butts. He's like, I hit him and what they call the butt. So he Good falls job. down in the mud. And then Marco grabs them both and bashes their heads together. Yay. <laughs> oh, so, so three stooges. It, it was very three stooges for sure. Um, and then they're like, what can we do to slow these guys down even more? Because like once they wake up, they'll just like you know, follow us. And Jake is like, take their clothes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. You could have tied them up or something. Like, No, Jake was <laughs> like, everybody get naked. <laughs> All right, Jake. I Jake just has like a moment here. I feel like everybody, when Jake said this, would have turned to him and been like, what? And even I reading the book was like, Jake, what? <laughs> God. So anyways, they steal their clothes, and Marco has to stay in Gorilla Morph um, to drive the truck. So he just gets dressed in their clothes as a gorilla, except for the shoes. And then Jake also puts on the other guy's clothes (laughs) for reasons. I don't know. Um, And then they're like, all right, we're ready to drive. So Tobias and Axe round up some of the other cows and steers. I think probably just the steers, right? They left the cows. Was that the consensus? Uh, wow! Well, I didn't I even know, know there were cows in the pasture. I thought they were all steers. Well, I don't but know because then... Axe morphed a cow, and they were it was the same pasture yeah. where they. I just thought they had mentioned before that it was like they kept the cows and the steers in separate pens, but then maybe really I'm wrong. Up. I don't know. Axe super fucked up. <laughs> he did. He did goof real bad. He um, did. He did a big goof. I'm glad that that they didn't go down a direction of like Tobias morphed a bull and then Axe morphed a cow, and there wasn't. I'm, I'm just glad they didn't go there. I thought they. 
might for a moment, but then then they were yeah. just bulls and they were fighting. Yeah, I that I don't think Animorphs would have gone that direction. They're still like explaining to us what butts are. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that would have been distressing. Ugh. Anyways, I'm glad I'm it sorry. didn't go that way as well. I feel like I'm really bringing this podcast down with my terrible suggestions about bull <laughs> genitalia. I you know I feel like I'm derailing you real bad. I I just because I'm just not expecting this sort of derailment over cows like like I know these things exist in the world but like I haven't thought about like people eating cow bulls for like a really long time. And like I thought the same thing when Axe went to cow but then I was like, well, this is a children's book so I don't know. They don't even mm-hmm. say the difference. They're just like, everybody notices the difference. Can you imagine reading this as a kid and being like, but what is the difference? What's the difference between a steer and a bull? I just don't get it. Is it the horns? Do they have childbearing horns? I don't know. <laughs> childbearing horns? <laughs> might. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, is in- indeed. Okay, so anyways... Uh, Axe and Tobias, they herd some steer into the truck, which is really nice of them and would be much easier than what actually has to happen. It's great. Um, so they get in the truck and Marco starts to try to drive and it is, um, filled with just as much folly as you can imagine. Oh, and also Cassie and Rachel have gone to fly and... Um, Cassie went up Axe's nose and Rachel went up Tobias's nose as cows. Um, Aww. It's adorable. It's so romantic. It's such a great date. I too wish to crawl up a cow's nostril when I go mm. on dates. Yep. I aspire to this. I aspire to this. This is my dream date. What's your dream date? I hope I get to go on a dating <laughs> show one day and that's my answer. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> I'd have to get on a dating show first. Do they even do those anymore? I don't know. I think it's just like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> and then I could not only go on and say my dream date is to morph to a fly and go up a cow's nose, but then also Griffin and Rachel McElroy could talk about how fucked up I was for saying that. Oh, yeah. Okay, anyways, moving right along. Uh, Marco Dude. tries to drive the truck. He doesn't do real good. He uh, first fucks up the clutch, which is totally understandable. Like, this is his first time driving stick shift, I assume. So, you go, Marco. Oh, God. God. He then runs over a fence, which he was like, nobody worry, it's fine. And then they say, another very familiar crunching sound (laughs) happened. He ran over a second fence, which is... (laughs) Do you just hate fences? (laughs) They did not, like, really antagonize him as much as they could have. Like, yeah. I think Jake was, but we didn't actually get to hear what Jake was saying. We only got Marco's responses to what Jake was saying. So <laughs> we missed out on some good antagonizing up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he runs over some fences, but he does eventually get them onto the roadway where he almost runs down a truck and so the truck goes speeding past them, and as Axe puts it, giving a finger salute to them. <laughs> <laughs> that good old oh, finger salute. The good old finger salute. 
But uh, it's no matter. They are almost at the uh, slaughterhouse anyways. So they can see the slaughterhouse off to the side of the truck, like through the slats. They're like, oh, good, we're almost there. And then Marco takes a sharp-ass turn and tricks, like, uh, tips the entire truck up onto two wheels. And the oh cows get, like, slammed against the side of the truck. Oh. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it's like Tokyo Drift up in here. He's Tokyo drifting, and they like are yes. literally like being tossed around in the back. Um, some Top Gear shit. Some Top Gear shit. But then the truck does come slamming back down onto all four wheels, and then Marco like hits the brakes and fishtails the entire thing like into an intersection of some sort. <laughs> so, not great. But um, he makes it to the facility, and the guards come running up. And Marco does some very impressive Cassie-level demorphing here, where he partially demorphs just enough so that he can talk in this weird, like, gorilla voice. So, fucking cool as shit, Marco. You're doing a great job. So, Marco did that, and then, like, really early on, like, Jake partially morphed to Wolf so he could, like, Mm -hmm. disguise his voice to talk to Tom. Mm -hmm. And... So, like, I feel like there is some level of control that they have over partial morphs. Yeah, Like, I know that's sure. supposed to be, like, a like a Cassie thing. I forgot what the thing is called. Estrine. Estrine. Yeah, I know that's, like, an Estrine thing, but I think to some extent they can, they can do it. I think they're just getting, like, so good at morphing now. Like, mm-hmm. They've been doing so many, like, rapid-fire morphs without really, you know, worrying much about it. Like, they mention it's exhausting, but, like, they just keep going, and now they can do tricks like this, and they're just really good at it now. They're good. They're good. They put in practice. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so he does his gorilla morph and talks to the guys in this really weird guttural voice. Um, And somehow they're just like, whatever, this isn't my fucking job to deal with a shitty driver. So they let him in. (laughs) Um, Hooray. Marco goes, like, randomly driving through this place until they see a ramp. And they're like, well, that looks, like, about right. So Marco has to then back up to the ramp, which is pretty fucking hard to do. Like, yeah, he's... This is an impossible task for a driver that just learned how to drive stick shift today and a truck nonetheless. So um, he makes like a 38 point turn and uh, somehow at some point more guys come running out screaming, asking asking if he's drunk or like what the fuck is happening. Um, It doesn't matter, though, because at this point they got close enough to the ramp that they just demorphed and got the fuck out of there. They went to fly. Uh, The guys, like, run up to the truck, and they see it's empty. They run back and lower the trailer ramp, and they see there's two bulls in there. And this, like, they they pause for a moment. They're like, could this be Andalite Bandalites? And they're like, no, no. Andalites (laughs) would not, like, one, they would know how to drive a truck. Two, (laughs) (laughs) they wouldn't walk into a slaughterhouse as the animals being slaughtered. To which Marco was like, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> the closer we are um, to danger, the farther we are from harm. It's the last thing they'll expect. Yeah, I mean, it's the last thing they'll expect, but yeah, not quite, my friends. Not quite. Um, so yeah, they, they get off the truck 
and are greeted by the smell of like bio waste and disgustingness and a shit ton of blood. It just smells gross. like blood. Bad. Yeah. Um, gross. And also the bulls, they added that to the drunk people theory. So, yay. Drunk idiots driving cars. Um, Marco and Jake made it up Axe and Tobias's respective noses before they hit the biofilter. Um, they had to go pretty far in there, and I think it was Marco made a comment like, I'm so far in, I can see your brain, and Axe goes, that is highly unlikely. <laughs> and that delighted me. Um, so they get through the filter, and as soon as they do, uh, everybody morphed as flies leaves them. So Tobias and Axe are, like, left alone in this line of steer, and um, pretty quickly they see this, like, big conveyor of meat being hauled above them. And uh, Tobias starts freaking out, but Axe is like, no, it's fine. We're still fine. Then they hear this, like, crazy pneumatic noise happening in front of them. And Tobias is like, let's bail. And Axe is like, no, we have to stay. So Axe, as they're approaching this pneumatic noise, which um, anybody that knows anything about farms, this is already going to a horrifying place. Um, Axe is able to look over the cows ahead of him and see what's happening. So the cows are going into the chute where the sides close in on them and holds them still. And then a guy with the this gun that has a very thick um, kind of pipe in it pushes it up to the cow's forehead and then fires. And it just drops them to the ground. It's It's a gun to kill them. It, like, fires a big bolt into their heads, into their brains, and kills them instantly. Um, And then once this thing drops to the ground, it's hauled up by its back legs and goes on the meat conveyor. And that is when Axe starts to panic, saying, we have got to get out of here. Um, So Axe starts trying to back out of the line and get out of the way of the chute, but there's nothing he could do. And some guy comes up behind him and hits him with a cattle prod. So he leaps forward because he's in pain. Another cow gets dropped, and then there was only one in front of him. So Axe is, like, planting his hooves, trying not to go. He starts to demorph, not caring who's seeing him. Um, but Aww. the first thing to go is are his hooves. So all it does is make it so he can't really support the, the huge weight of the bull on these dainty little andalite hooves. Um, and then the guys prod him in the butt and the stomach. So he gets, like, jolted forward. He gets into the chute. The sides close on him. The guy is coming right towards his head with his big bolt gun. And then at the last possible second, a grizzly popped up behind this guy and just smashed his head and dropped him to the ground. And Tobias is livid at Rachel. Like, he is like, hey, you could have waited, I don't know, another, like, billionth of a second. And Rachel just keeps apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry, I got here as fast as I could. Like, everybody's in trouble. We are, like, things are not good. And uh, Tobias just keeps giving her shit. Um, Through this whole interaction, Axe was just trembling. He was so horrified that he came that close to death and that there was nothing he could do about it. Um, He's really fucked up over this. Baby. Uh, Yeah, it was, like, really upsetting and sad. Like, he was so scared. Um, Eventually, Rachel pulls apart the chute so that Axe can get out. And when he finally gets his tail blade back, he feels a little bit better. And that is about the time a guy rushes him with a chainsaw. And Axe just disposes of him and says, the chainsaw is not a problem anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Tobias continues to give Rachel shit, and she just keeps apologizing um, over the last-minute rescue. And then she tells him where the others are and says they're in trouble. So Tobias takes off, flying through this crazy meat factory, dodging the carcasses. Um, But unfortunately, Rachel and Axe have to fight their way through a mass of human controllers with knives and a chainsaw and, like, whatever other weaponry you can find at a slaughterhouse. So, um, Axe is doing his best to show restraint, and he's trying not to injure anybody, but he just starts talking about how badly shaken he was and how he resents these human controllers so much for almost killing him like that. And, uh, just, he fights his way through like crazy, and they eventually catch up to everybody else. Um... They now see that not only are there the human controllers fighting them, but there's Horkbizer streaming in. And there's a closed door behind Jake that they can't seem to open. So Jake says to Rachel, charge it and see if you can get through. Um, and she charges through these controllers, knocking them aside. Like, Axe does this awesome description of, like, a grizzly bear charging, how people don't realize, like, the mass amount of power behind it. I loved that. It was so good. Such a good description. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, and, yeah, so he's just, like, talking about, like, the loping gate and everything and how, like, the people don't realize how much power is behind it. And then all of a sudden you realize how fast this thing is moving and, like, it just bowls them over. Um, so the controllers quickly realize what's going to happen, except for one that tries to slice at Rachel as she goes past him, but, like, it does nothing to her. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, though, hits the door. It won't budge. So she keeps trying to charge it, and it's just not moving. And that is about when Visor 3 shows up, and uh, he starts gloating, and then says, how appropriate that we have met in this slaughterhouse where you are about to be slaughtered. Nice, Visor 3. Nice. Nice. Jake orders Rachel to try the door again. She slams it uh, to no avail, but then notices a keypad. So she's like, Axe, get it. So Axe steps in and twists some wires together, and uh, that hot wires the door open. So they all start falling through, and Rachel slams it behind them and says, like, hey, disable it. So Axe goes and just tears out all the wiring from the other side of the keypad. And Marco's like, hey, man, I could have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Cracked me up. So (laughs) I wanted to do it. Yeah, like, wow, anybody could have done that, Axe. (laughs) Um, God. So when they get a moment uh, after this door is locked, they take a look around at their new surroundings. Um, It looks very similar to the chimpanzee lab, but inside of all of the cages, instead of chimps, there are humans. And the humans are being kept there in biostasis. So Axe goes up to this computer, and in Echoes of the Horkbizer Chronicle, it was already unlocked because someone was just using it. And so he just starts saying, like, what's going on here? What is this for? And the computer just like, of course, answers all their questions. Like, this is a formula 71. It's been formed to take away the free will portion of the human brain because our glorious leader, Visor 3, conqueror of all, willed it to be so. (laughs) Like, this computer is the worst. (laughs) It's not at all like the Chi computer, which was awesome. No, yeah. The Chi computer was fantastic. This computer is the worst. Yes. Yeah. So it they're like, it is 100% effective in the chimpanzee testing. And also, because of our glorious leader, it is 100% infect- effective in the human testing. 
And uh, then the computer tells them that the Yerk plan is to inject it into all of the food they're going to distribute to the humans so that their free will is taken away. All of the Animorphs just start despairing. They're all like, no, this is the end. The Yerks will take over in a matter of weeks. This, we're all going to be doomed. And then Cassie's like, yeah, there's no way this works. And like, I think it's Jake that turns to her and goes, the computer said it was 100% effective. And Cassie's like, yeah, it's fake results. <laughs> fake news. They're, fake news. They're like literally arguing back and forth, and Cassie's like, "Yeah, no," and everybody else is like, "Don't you understand?" And she's like, "This isn't real. For real, this is not real." Um, then an old man with I'm what I'm assuming is crazy hair because he's a scientist steps out from behind a cage holding a dragon beam, and he is trying to tell them like, "Don't move or I'll shoot," but he's stuttering so badly he can't get through the sentence. So Rachel's like don't move or we'll sh or you'll shoot that's what you're saying you're saying you're gonna shoot us if we move and he's like yeah that's it and um <laughs> so no one's really taking him seriously and jake almost immediately lunges at him and knocks a drake and beam out of his hand the guy then just dissolves into a puddle of tears and was like <laughs> of course the free will can't be removed <laughs> so Ooh, he, he just gives he up just the ghost confesses everything <laughs> he yeah. does our plan was terrible. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, Marco especially then like has to suck up to Cassie, and she does like keep bringing it up like "told you so." And Marco's like, "You're never gonna let me live this down." And she's like, "Nope, never." Uh, yeah. And so the scientist basically gives them some sob story about how Visor Three kept pushing for results, and they kept having to fake it. Um. And then he's like, please take me with you. That's, you know, I'd rather die by Candrona starvation than by Visitor 3. So they're like, uh, what do we do? Um, then they get into an argument about whether or not to free these people that are in biostasis. And Jake finally steps up and says, yeah, like, let's do it. And let's do it before the controllers and Visitor 3 get through this door, which they are now seconds away from doing. So they've gotten, like, Drake and Beams and, like, things to, to pummel the door open and so on and so forth. So, um... Some of them take up the front, some of them take up the rear. They let the humans out of biostasis, and Jake tells the scientist guy to lead them out. So um, they do, and we find out these were all homeless people in the cages. That in another Yay. horrifying revelation, they're like, well, nobody would miss the homeless people, and we knew we'd have oh, to dispose God. them when we were done with the experiments. Like, Thank God. Yeah, that was fucking horrifying. Ugh. Uh, yeah. And the these people that they just freed are all confused and complaining. And um, as they're being let out of there, they just have no, no idea what the fuck is happening. Uh, as they're going, Axe goes to the scientist guy and he's like, can I ask you a question? And the Yerk was like, ah, Andalites, finally, someone who appreciates science. Axe asked them, he asked them since the formula didn't work on the chimpanzees, was it because they have free will and they were sentient or just because the formula didn't work? Um, and the scientist kind of gives him a non-answer. He's like, well, we can't really say if they're sentient or not. The formula just never worked. And Cassie then pipes up and says, I know. And that is the end of that mission. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of brutal. Um, and then the end of this book which is such a weird ending. Um, the kids all meet up at the mall, 
And Marco is complaining about how of all the stupid and pointless missions, this one was the stupidest and the pointlessest. And he was very mad about it. Um, Axe does not give a single shit. Yeah, that, I think it was an important mission, but... Well, I just I just thought the uh, the Andalite toilet was the most pointless mission. <laughs> no, I loved that mission. I mean, it was great, but like in terms of like actually accomplishing anything, it didn't really. Yeah, that's fair. But we got to break into Area Fifty One. That's true. And meet Crazy Helen. Crazy Helen, and get a pecan yeah. log, and a mug. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that is fine. Interrupt me always. Okay, anyways, Axe doesn't give a single shit because Rachel is getting him a cinnamon bun. She gets back to the table and passes out all the other food first until finally she gives Axe his cinnamon bun, where he takes great care not to eat the plate. But again, it is Marco who pulls all of the attention because he is taking a big bite of the burger, and right after the whole slaughterhouse thing, they're like, oh, really, Marco? Really? Um, he then makes this big show of taking a bite and chewing it, and apparently the burger looked really juicy and delicious, and then Rachel just kind of, like, she is like, all right, I'll be right back, and she gets up, and Jake goes, get me one, too, and Axe tries to talk, but his mouth is full of cinnamon buns, so Jake supplies, that makes three, and that is the end of this book. Hooray! Huzzah! I kind of wonder why they wanted to put the the formula into meat i know america eats a lot of meat but Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just an interesting choice i'm trying to think trying to think if there's another food like like i don't know flour or sugar or something i mean i wonder like if it had to do with like we don't know anything about this compound so it's all speculation but i wonder if it had to do with something about like having to be injected into like a certain type of protein or something sure i don't know (laughs) How are you going to take the free will of the of the vegetarians, though? There will be a vegetarian uprising. <laughs> <laughs> Our only hope are these five kids and an alien. Oh, and the vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man, this is a book of PSAs, wasn't it? It, it was a book of PSAs, yeah. Don't yep. drive drunk, don't eat meat, etc. Seat balls. Yeah. <sighs> don't uh. use products that were tested on animals. Yep. Yep. I'm not saying there were bad PSAs, I'm just saying they they were there. Yeah, no, I they're <sighs> not bad at all. You definitely should not <laughs> drive drunk or test makeup products on animals or not wear your seatbelt or whatever else they said in here. They're very good PSAs, but they just, there was a lot. All of them. Rachel is very passionate about drunk driving. I had no idea. <laughs> She's a dare kid. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, wait, what? No, that's drugs. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait, were they alcohol too? I didn't do the dare program. I'm sorry. I didn't either. I just kind of, they usually lump alcohol in with drugs, but but maybe there's okay. like a separate thing for, for, for drugs. I think it was named after somebody who was killed by a drunk driver. I know I there know. was the, um, what was really big when I was a kid was the MAD organization, which was the Mothers yeah. Against Drunk Driving. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh. Yeah, that was a big thing. You used to be able to buy, like, ribbons at the store and, like, bracelets mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another <sighs> very big thing that I remember being 
everybody being against in the 90s. And now. I mean, people are still intense about it now. Even though, like, text message distracted driving is taking over. I can't tell you how many signs I passed today that said, like, hands-free devices only and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shall we rate our characters here? Yeah. All right. What do you think of Jake? Uh, He had another book that I wasn't completely... Like, he was there. Yeah. Same. Three? Three, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He showed up. (laughs) He showed up to the party. (laughs) He showed up to the party, and sometimes that's all you need. (laughs) He was a tiger Um, once. Yeah, he knocked a dragon beam out of a poor, defenseless, crying dude's hand. Yeah, he told Marco to stop bullying Cassie. That, that was nice stuff. of him. Yeah. He told them to speed it up when the mission needed to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he showed. He gets a three. He showed up. <laughs> yeah, he was acceptable. Uh, uh, Cassie. Cassie gets a five. She was awesome. Yeah, I liked her a lot in this book. And I liked her staying behind and letting the chimps out. And I mm-hmm. liked everything she did. So five as well. And I like that she wasn't full, like, PETA about mm-hmm. everything. Like, she she's like, I understand testing on animals for medical things, but not for, you know, makeup, which is not nearly as important. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I really like how nuanced she is. Like, you could mm-hmm. easily make her be just, like, 100% extremist, like, like, no animals should be caged and free all the animals and, like, I don't know. But I, I just like how she's, you know, still fairly balanced on a lot of issues. And I like that she's conflicted about how she, how balanced she is on a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I really, I mean, one of the big things that Marco did in this book was make fun of her for, like, how her morals will change when it comes to, like, saving animals but when he went into that rant where he's like yeah all of her you know never morphous sentient species goes out the window when it's you know she has a chance to save a few chimps and i'm like well yeah i'm fine with that <laughs> like well and that's something that the 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 guy last book the drode mm-hmm. that's something that that the drode pointed out too it was like yeah cassie the pacifist until it doesn't suit her interests right it's a flaw, I guess, but like, I appreciate it, like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like the complexity. Mm-hmm. And nothing is black and white. Nope, except for the cow on the cover of this book, which only shows up <laughs> for the briefest of moments. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny cow. Either the, the tiny cow. Yeah, it's like either the giant andalite or the tiny cow, but I think. When you open up the cover, it's a tiny cow. <laughs> it is a tiny cow. And I love it. All right. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. You giving her a five? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will give her a five, too, because I like how intense she got about drunk driving. And she bashed some heads in, which was great. Yes. I loved that. I love both of those things. Um, I also really liked... That um, as much as she's, you know, the angry, like, crazy person throughout this book, I did like that moment she had where when she knew that she had scared Axe and Tobias so badly by getting, like, Axe getting so close to being killed, she didn't, like, react with anger. She just kept apologizing. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't notice that. Like she could have <laughs> just been like, "Well, I was I was doing this thing, and you know, you know, I'm only one person. I can only do this. like she could have acted defensively, but she didn't. She was just like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, oh. I think she like could recognize how shaken they were and was just oh. like, "I am so sorry." <laughs> All right, how about Tobias then? I like I- I'll give Tobias a five. I liked how like prominent he was in the book and i like i was really feeling the the axe to bias friendship mm-hmm. um and how they were like paired up on missions a lot and how they how they reacted with each other so. yeah i i also like that he was so chill about the fact that axe stole a large portion of electrical wire <laughs> 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 i just enjoyed that so that was good yeah i agree five um Probably our hardest rating, Marco. Hmm. He was kind of aggressive in this book. Yeah. Very aggressive. And a dick. Yeah. And, like, I thought I thought he and Cassie were cool now, but he seemed, like, really quick to jump on her for a couple of moments. Yeah. It's kind of... Like, it could be chalked up to, like, it's been building up because... This is the part of Cassie that Marco reacts the worst with. Like, he hates Mm -hmm. it when she, you know, values animal life or yerk life over theirs. And um, I can see why he'd be really aggressive with it. But, like, it peaked in this book. Mm -hmm. But he also had that excellent driving scene. So I'm He did have the excellent driving scene. And he had that diurnal joke that made us both laugh. (laughs) So Three and a half. Okay, I was going to go with four, so that's... Okay. We're pretty much in line there. Cool. All right, and I saved the best for last. What about Axe? Can I give him a six out of five? <laughs> <laughs> if I can't ever give Rachel anything above a five, then no. Okay, okay. <laughs> but also, it's our podcast, and you can do whatever you want, so... <laughs> oh, my God, I loved him so much, and I was so convinced that Applegate wrote him. Which I'm not. I'm not using that as a measure of like how good, like writing is, but like, like this ghostwriter did an absolutely great job with him, and mm-hmm. they added like this hilarious like TV anecdote to him, and it was just great. Yeah, Ugh. I loved that so much. <sighs> yeah, this she she ran with the character for sure. So great. I agree with everything. Oh, and his excellent um, impression of a bull. um moo 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 Uh. (laughs) oh he was great (sighs) so um i feel like it's just a really quick wrap up like we both just really enjoyed this book but like Mm -hmm. any last thoughts or anything um my only other like general question was do andalites sleep standing up or lying down (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of random but that, that's like my first note that's a good question uh i think and i'm trying to really mix up or try i'm trying to get mixed up i'm trying to really not mix up what um is kind of what people have imagined around it and what's said in the series but i do believe they lay down according Mm -hmm. to the book but i would not be surprised at all if they could sleep standing up as well yeah because they're often compared to deer which lay down when they sleep Mm -hmm. and i like the idea of like them tucking their little legs up 
He's so cute. Oh. But then, but then, like, what does the upper torso body do? Like, do you like lean it against a tree or something, or <laughs> kickstand? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know that we uh, get a super descriptive way of Andalite sleeping in this book, in this series. Okay. Well, something to, to chew on, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of so. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you like to contemplate sleeping positions, sure. I do. <laughs> I I try not to. <laughs> I don't ever want to think about sleeping again. Oh. <laughs> All right. Any, okay. Anything else? I feel weird wrapping this up like this. Nope. I'm good. All right. There's just so many PSAs. I just don't know. I feel like we should <laughs> deliver a heartfelt message or something. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I have the energy. I'm sapped from the cinnamon bun that I had earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. It was a great book. It was hilarious. And this is going to be a forerunner for the the number one book in our run this. Mm. All cool. right. Well, um, I guess if, if you want to write us your PSAs, you can uh, <laughs> email us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Or you could um, defy your parents and talk to strangers on the internet by going to <laughs> facebook.com slash group slash anonymous. Oh uh, which is our Andalite Bandalites page. And then we also have our regular Animorphs Anonymous page where I occasionally get it right and post new updates about when we're posting episodes. And then sometimes I post it to the secret group because I don't know how the internet works. Um, we are also on InstaSlam at Animorphs Anonymous and Twitter at Animorphs Anon. If you want to find our podcast, you can find it wherever podcasts are on the internet. Including uh, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Podcast Republic, etc. Google us. We are there for you. We are there on the internet. Tell me about other things on the internet. Mostly your comic. I have a webcomic. It's called Beside You. It's about music and romance. It takes place in 2003, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, you can find that at BesideYouComic.com. That's B-S-I-D-Y-O-U Comic.com. Go read it. And it's wonderful. You should read Yay. it. It is excellent. Yay. I like it. I have to catch up this week. I don't think I've posted anything this week. Cause I've been... Thank God, because I don't remember it being posted, and I panicked because I was like, oh no, normally I say something moderately spoilery because I am in your Patreon, because I am special, and I want to know. Because you're the best. Because <laughs> uh, I enjoy it, and I need to know. <laughs> Let us make like the chimpanzees and pee our pants and then get out of here. <laughs> and throw shit. And throw shit. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>